The comments and views expressed on The More Show are those of the people that make them and do not necessarily reflect the views of Kevin Moore, The More Show, or this radio station and its affiliates or sponsors. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More Show, which is sponsored by the UFO Matrix magazine. On today's show, I'm about to be joined with our guest, Alan Foster. Now, Alan is a writer, researcher and lecturer on the subject of UFO, crop formations and environmental and spiritual issues. His career encompasses over 14 years in the airline industry. Alan's travelling and research has taken him to over 80 countries worldwide. He has studied spiritual development, meditation and metaphysics. He gives regular talks to groups and organisations, including international UFO and crop formation conferences throughout the world. Alan Foster, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, just tell me a bit about yourself to begin with. Well, uh, I became very interested in, um, well, certainly ufology from the uh, 1973, actually. I, strangely enough, I was returning from my confirmation to the church and actually had a UFO encounter uh, of an object that clearly was not uh, military or commercial. Um, it was about 200 yards away, unusual lights on it, but making no sound. Uh, which is obviously when something's close, making no sound, it has a really strange effect on you. But that stimulated me from that time on in the early early 70s, actually, to start looking into this subject. And then that developed into um, studying the crop formations from the early 90s and also the spiritual aspects as well. Yeah, well, was this quite a spiritual uplifting experience to have this UFO experience? Because, I mean, not all of us have it, do we? No. Um, it, it, initially, of course, I, I believed it was a UFO encounter, which then helped me to start looking into the UFO and ET interactions, which obviously in the early 70s was very, very new um, globally. You know, there were only a few cases, e.g. the Barney and Betty Hill case from 1961 uh, that was sort of becoming known then. Um, but really, it was the early 90s where I started to wonder about the synchronicity of it happening as I was returning from my confirmation. And of course, from then, as many other researchers have done, uh, start to, do, to connect the fact that it looks as though we've had interactions with beings from, uh, from the sky throughout the whole of the human history. You know, even in um, Genesis 6, it speaks about the sons of the gods marrying the daughters of men and things like that. So this has been an ongoing interaction, I believe, throughout the whole of human history. Now, one of the uh, sort of main subjects you study is the crop circle formations. Now, yes. just tell the audience what they are and, and how you got into this. Yeah, well, they began in the late 80s really with the simple circles, circles with rings, even though there have been some references to them even going back to the 1600s, but this sort of modern era anyway. Um, and um, really then from about 1990 to 91 um, is when the, they became sort of formations, a lot more um, interesting and complex patterns. Um, and it was in the early 90s where I began to start studying these and I've been going in them certainly for 16 seasons, 16 years now. Um, the genuine formations, and there's a huge amount of scientific research that's looking into these, the genuine formations, it looks as though they actually go through a change in their cellular structure. And um, the crop is often bent at a 90-degree angle on, at the node or the knuckle on the stem of the crop, sometimes about a foot off the ground. There are magnetic anomalies where uh, compasses will spin wildly within the formation but not outside it and batteries and cameras often fail within a formation, but they're okay outside, things like this. Um, so there's a huge amount of science using, you know, professional scientific consultants yeah. 
um, biophysicists, geochemists, analytical chemists, mineralogists, people like that, who've studied these and show that some of these formations are not made by a mechanical means, as in ropes and planks of wood. Right. So, um, so okay, we can make these, and, and there are people that fake the crop circles and hoax the crop circles, shall I say? Well, I think it's the same with all of these subjects. I mean, the more you start opening up to the bigger nature of reality, whether it's UFO and ET interactions, whether it's crop formations, whether it's ghosts, um, whether it's reincarnation, spiritual uh, evolution, um, whatever it may be, there are always those that either for their own personal reason don't want this to be a reality. There are others who are financed deliberately and specifically um, to um, muddy the waters. And I think it became very clear from 1947 with the crash of the UFO at Roswell. Um, that was undeniable. There was a retrieval of the, the technology as well as the bodies. And, um, and yet, of course, the, within three days of it coming out in the mainstream media that there had been a crash of a flying saucer at Roswell, or near Roswell, the, um, then obviously the, the business of it was a, um, a weather balloon that had crashed and the photographs taken of, of Colonel Jesse Marcel, um, or Major Jesse Marcel. And um, then the debunking process began, really, even from the late, late 47 onwards. So why, in your opinion, are we having crop circles? Crop formations, the more you look at them, for people who've never studied them, uh, you know, there's still this belief that they either are just simple uh, formations, perhaps wind damage or something else, or hoaxes. But the more you study them, <clears throat> the more complex they've become over the last 20-odd years. Uh, there is undeniably a message going on, and, you know, it covers everything from uh, spiritual uh, reality, from the different religions are covered, from the Mayan prophecies... Um, from environmental issues, from life forms, from incredibly complex mathematics and geometry, which of course is a SETI communication in itself, and then talking of which, the actual SETI messages that, were, that happened in 2000, 2001 and 2002, that were undeniably pointing to um, you know, a SETI communication that was sent from the Arecibo radio telescope. So I think what they're doing is they are letting people know that, some, that there's much more to life um, the cosmos is alive, basically, but also that we are at a time of change on this Earth and that um, people need to prepare for that. And I think what it is with the crop formations, it gives every individual an opportunity if they want to study this, they can do so, or if they don't, then they don't have to. So it comes back down to the individual. So who, in your opinion, then, Alan, is uh, responsible for these crop formations? I mean, we, we always mention the word UFOs w mm. with uh, the sort of idea of the, the, the crop formations, but, I mean, uh, how, how do you sort of sum it up? Well, I think the more you look at it, again, as I say, there are many, many people who've seen actual structured UFOs in relation to crop formations, and this includes um, some of the farmers in the main areas, although they've appear, appeared in 42 different countries all over the world, but in that sort of southern Britain area where sort of 80% of the formations appear. There are farmers where a lot of these really complex formations appear that say, make no mistake, UFOs are seen around here. But also, in fact, the, the most common form of phenomena that occurs with the crop formations are these balls of light that are seen either flying around the field prior to a formation appearing uh, or after the event, um, so where they even sort of drop into the actual formation itself. Now, there's, there's countless people that have filmed and photographed that. Um, so I think there's some sort of uh, technology there, so either as a creative process or as an observational technology. Um, that is being used. Again, 
one can only assume that there must be an intelligence controlling that. So I think that there is a higher intelligence, um, those that care for our evolution in a spiritual direction or, or just a technological direction, that, that wish us to, to evolve, basically. And this is what part of what this is about. But also, I feel it's, um, it's a form of preparation uh, to help people to realise that there's something big is coming. We, we are at a major time of change. And what do you think is coming? Um, I, I think we have a massive transition that's coming. And the more you look at it, you know, even, say, five and then beyond 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, many, many people around the world were realising that this is a, a major point of change on this earth. The prophecies um, were pointing to it, whether it's Revelation, whether it's Nostradamus, whether it's the Mayan prophecies, the Hopi. Um, and, you know, a lot of those were talking about the fact that there'll be these major environmental issues leading up to that point before we go beyond it. And, of course, at that time, many people were saying, well, there's, you know, there's nothing's happening, so it's not true. Of course, now, here we are in hindsight in 2011, you know, it's becoming very clear that we have a major environmental issue going on, not only pollution, but also, you know, tectonics, vol volcanism, uh, earthquakes, tsunamis, etc. Um, so everything is sort of um, fulf being fulfilled by those prophecies that this is this time of transition. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's been a very crazy first start to the uh, the year, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. with, with uh, you know, the Japan crisis and obviously the Middle East uprisings. Yeah. I mean, are you saying these are all connected with this sort of, you know, spiritual up uh, conscious shift that you refer to? Well, in a way, yes. I think, you know, because, simply because the planet, I believe, is a conscious entity. You know, it's a living um, um, biological entity, but also with a consciousness, I think, as we all have. Um, everything that is living will have a consciousness, whether you call it a spirit. Um, and um, w because I think this, this time has been prophesied as well, and there are energies at work. Um, some people say the frequencies are rising, we're moving into a new dimension. So it affects people in one form or another. How they react to that change, it in a way, depends on them. Some people will become more peaceful, um, more gracious, m more gentle, will be more concerned with environmental issues. Other people might find it really uncomfortable and become more aggressive and angry and violent. And, of course, we, you know, it's fairly clear that we, the world is run by, a, by an elite that runs this world so, um, who don't want us to wake up. So it is going to get very messy, as I think it is at the moment. What's this wake-up period doing for yourself, Alan? Um, for me, because originally I had a UFO encounter back then, as well as other experiences, of course, many other experiences, um, they were the things that helped me to realise something was going on. There are many, many years of crop formation research, including uh, anomalous phenomena, even being in crop formations where they started to, they, they grew while you were in there. You know, you found there were other circles that had been created while you were in a formation that weren't there when you went in. And I know other people that that's happened to as well. Um, spiritual experiences, all these things, they lead an individual, I think, to realise that there's so much more to life. You know, initially the usual wake-up call is synchronicity or coincidence. Um, but I think um, it becomes fairly clear that there is, we are part of a, a, a universe that's teeming in life. There are advanced beings out there, whether you call them ETs. There is a, a divine consciousness. I've spoken of countless people that have had um, experiences with angels and um, you know, particularly at pivotal moments within their life or when a, when a loved one is passing over that the angels appear for them. So, you know, it is, it's abundant with um, sort of divinity, really. And I think we're getting help at this time in a subtle way uh, as preparation for these sort of crazy changes that are coming up.
So, how do you sum up these beings, or whoever they are, that, that are coming to make these crop circles? I mean, where are they from? The, um, I mean, there are several agents at work, um, human hoaxers, that are negative, um, you know, who, who, who do not want people to wake up. These, these, some of these people are paid a lot of money to do this. There are other people who do it, perhaps for a bit of a lark, who want to, um, you know, just see what's going on, see if they can do this or not. And many, there have been many people who've done that, who've then seen really strange things, like, you know, um, these balls of light and stuff like that. So they realise something is going on as well, even though they were hoaxing. Then I think there are also negative ETs involved in this as well, that are, that are doing some of them, because many of the formations um, people have been in have a really sort of negative energy, and people feel really uncomfortable within them. And then I think um, there are there is a benign source, a benevolent source that, that wants to help us uh, grow and evolve. That are also probably part of the more elaborate and complex and more spiritual type um, uh, formations as well, using I think a technology, but in many cases technology that is highly advanced that can actually lay crop in a matter of seconds into an image that is just is, you know you'd have a job to even put into a computer. Right, and um, obviously when you sort of go to investigate these crop circles that have been um, formed overnight, for example, um, what, equipment, what equipment do you use, and do you have any sort of anomalous readings when you use uh, equipment in them? Um, for me, mine is just photography, and um, sometimes I've had a camera that doesn't work very well inside, but generally uh, I've been okay with this. I know many other people use dowsing, and um, people who will go in you know, using their hands to feel the energies as well, and can often detect the fact that the energy around a formation is, is you know, further beyond the formation, sometimes um, you know, well before you get into it. And the same with the dowsing rods. The dowsing rods will open... Um, or close or, or show the direction of the flow of the energy, not only before you get to the formation, but when, when you're within it um, as well. But even things like, um, you know, um, Steve Alexander um, is one of the, the photographers of many of the pictures, some of which I think you've got on your website. That's right. Um, and he's, uh, his website is uh, temporarytemples.co.uk. Um, some of the images that are on there. But he himself has actually said that he's actually been flying over some formations, and as the helicopter goes over it, the instrumentation in the helicopter will go erratic as he passes over the formation and then go back to normal as they go beyond it. Now, this is showing that there must be a dome of energy, you know, well above the field and above the actual image as well, and probably goes into the Earth as well as a sort of a, uh, um, you know, a, a sphere of energy or a, a sort of a donut shape of energy. So it shows, you know, these are the ones that are clearly are not made by just guys with ropes and planks of wood because of the energy involved in them. No, and this is a worldwide phenomenon, yeah? This yeah. is yeah. not just in the UK. Yes, that's right. It's uh, at least 42 different countries all over the world in various different mediums, not only crop, but also even in the tops of trees where the trees are bent at a 90-degree angle, in grasses, even in ice, it's been known, um, and sand. Um, but I think, as I said earlier, that at least... 80% of the formations, and certainly 80% of the most complex formations, are appearing in this area in southern Britain, um, which may well be as a way of having in a single location where people can actually come from around the world, as they do, uh, to an area to be able to do the research on this. Because this is a long process. You know, this is many, many people have been involved in the yeah. research. Uh, absolutely, and and, and um, you know, is there certain? Is it seasoned? You know, is there certain times of the year when yeah. it's more? Yeah. Well, um, because. 
certainly for Britain anyway, it's in uh, crop. I mean, there were this year, actually 2011, the first formations that appeared at the beginning of this year were actually in Indonesia. Now, I don't know whether they were genuine or not uh, on that side of it, but um, in, in rice paddy. But certainly the sort of main crops of wheat, barley, uh, oats, etc. in Britain, where the formations appear. Um, so it is, it is, you know, um, the various sort of cereal crops. And, of course, normally it starts around about, well, end of Aprilish, really, uh, and into May with the canola, the, um, you know, the yellow the rape crop, because that's one of the first crops that have a certain sort of height to it, and then go throughout the season, really, until the crop is harvested at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and why Wiltshire? I mean, well, you've mentioned that there was a certain place in Britain. I'm going to mention the name now, Wiltshire. Yeah. Why this place? Um, that is a question that no one truly knows the answer to, um, and it's probably the most common question. Why do most of them appear in that area, sort of south of Swindon into Wiltshire, Hampshire? Um, some people say it's because there are very strong ley line energies there, um, you know, like with Stonehenge and Avebury Stone Circle, places like that, really powerful energies, and that the the energy within the ley lines is being um, used as part of the creative process, and there is no doubt that many of the formations do appear on ley lines. Um, uh, but, you know, I think, as I say, this is a global phenomenon as well, and some people say it's because it's near military bases, but, of course, there are many military bases all over the world of as well. Of um, Some people say the sort of the, the main elite that run this world are based in the UK, but, you know, I think the, the main thing, the, the more, at the years that I've studied this, the more that I, I think about it, it's, it makes sense if this is a genuine phenomenon, which I absolutely believe it is, um, you know, the, the genuine formations, that is, not the hoax ones. Um, it gives people an opportunity to be able to study these um, in a location where they know they are going to appear every year. And, you know, people come from all over the world, you know, either for a weekend, a week. Some people can actually stay for several months, uh, those that can, to study this in depth. And it's a, it's a serious subject. Yeah, and it, obviously, the, you know, they're going through their own transformation when they're yeah. still going through this process, aren't Absolutely. they? And you must have seen it from afar sometimes. And thought, Absolutely. You know, I was there one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, this, yeah, yeah go ahead. that's the whole point, and I think that's what it's about. You know, this isn't, the crop formations are not, the be-all and end-all, the same with ufology, uh, you know, UFOs and ETs. It's, what it is, I think, is that the more you're aware of these different realities, they start to build this big picture, uh, you know, of what we're dealing with, what the universe is about, etc. And, um, you know, they are all sort of foundation stones or stepping stones um, that help people on that journey. It's the subtle signs that, 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 that to say, look, look, think outside the box. What if... Yeah. You know, yeah. what would that do to mankind? What would that do yeah. to you as an experience to, to know these truths? Yeah. If they are a truth, I mean, everything you've come from so far is your truth. Yeah. But what you're saying is look at the evidence yourself. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's, that's what this is about. I, I think this whole time, as I say, about a time of transition, you know, a lot of people obviously know are looking at the Mayan prophecies of a transition point with 21 December 2012. And, um, you know, I think, you know, in a way, you could say we're online with that. All the things that are happening around the world and have been happening, um, you know, whether that's a transition point, literally, and people become much more um, spiritually minded after that event, um, or the some sort of cataclysmic event. There are many different theories as to what that means, but there is no doubt that people are waking up all over the world to a much bigger reality. And, you know, this is not just, um, you know, your average people on the street. There are many of the scientists, um, people in government, military, even the astronauts now are speaking out openly. Um, the Vatican, the Vatican Commission, looking into the UFO and ET reality. 
they're speaking out openly and saying, you know, people need to realise this stuff is real. Um, the Disclosure Project pushing for open congressional hearings so the people of the world can know that UFOs and ETs exist. Um, you know, it's, it's bulging at the seams, the, the true nature of reality, um, just waiting for the media to be allowed to speak about it when the time comes. The mainstream media, that is. I mean, you mentioned so much there that I could sort of thread from, but one of them is, the, you know, the, the governments, mm. the world governments. This isn't just a UK government no. secret. This, no, no. this is a world government secret. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And in what is the secret? Is the secret that, you know, they know that there's, there's more intelligence behind these uh, crop circles? Or, you know, is there things, in the, objects in their skies which they can't explain? What, what's, what secret are they hiding, Alan? Um, they... They know undeniably that UFOs and ETs exist. I mean, that is so clear now. There is no debate whether they exist. That is not an argument. You know, it's so clear that they do. Um, Roswell is just one uh, crash where they... There's 600 first, second and third-hand witnesses that have spoken out now about, um, about the Roswell incident. You know, the, the, the strange metal, the bodies that were retrieved, um, the technology, whether it went to Area 51, Wright-Patterson, you know, these various things. They knew back in '47. But there have, of course, been many other incidents as well. Technology supposedly seeded into mainstream industry through government contracting programs. Um, you know, th it, that is not the debate. So clearly they don't want us to know about this for various different reasons. You know, I don't want to get too heavy into conspiracy. No, of course not. Um, particularly with sort of the crop formations being a more positive thing, I think. But, you know, it's obvious they're covering this up. And there are various reasons from just because they, they don't want us to panic, which is you know, being kind through to them, knowing that I think the people of the world would change the way they think and the way they act if they became more cosmically and spiritually aware. Is there a more sort of, you know, is there any scientific proof that this is undeniably, you know, not man, man yeah. done? From 1990 onwards, there was a group called the BLT Group, um, which were uh, made up of a guy, John Burke, Dr. William Levengood and Nancy, Nancy Tolbert. These, are, these were... Uh, 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 biophysicists, and then they use professional scientific consultants as well, looking at samples that were taken from within the crop formations, and then at control level samples, you know, from say 10 meters, 20 meters, 30 meters, 40 meters outside. They started this in 1990, and they're still doing this now. And you know, that's a huge amount of time of serious scientific research. As I mentioned earlier, people like biophysicists, analytical chemists, geologists, geochemists mineralogists, people like this, this is serious stuff. And they have concluded, as I say, that the crop, the genuine formations that go through a change in their cellular structure, um, it affects the growth in one way or another, either positively or, or, or negatively, and depending on the situation. There is an energy signature to these. They feel it's as though the crop is superheated up to about 800 degrees C in a fraction of a second. So any moisture within the crop is turned to steam, and the crop becomes malleable, and then, in fact, the image can be downloaded in a matter of seconds through whatever technology. Um, but it has become undeniable that some of these formations are not made by ropes and planks of wood. They are having these these definite, um, you know, physical changes, even where soil can be uh, lifted with a magnet, even though there's no iron within the soil and things like this. It's just incredible. And um, when was the phenomena with us? I mean, this was only a recent thing, crop circles, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, as I say, there were mentions sort of even in the 1600s of, uh, you know, they called them the devil mower. Um, but, you know, definitely this, this, this modern period began in the late 80s, you know, when people started to look into this. With this but they were, were the simple circles, circles with rings, sort of 
developing into like a Celtic cross style, which is obviously much easier when you see those to believe that they can be hoaxed. But for those people who look, um, and you do have to study this because you know, until you actually see how complex these formations have become, um, there's another one I think maybe on your website, the, the, the six-fold spiral crop formation. Yeah, we're going to go through these in a minute, but go, yeah. sure, go ahead, talk about that. Well, well just that one, uh, you know, being the fact that it's, um, you know, this is 800 feet across, there's over 400 circles within it. It creates a spiralling vortex of, well, either equilateral triangles or, um, you know, of a hexagon, sort of six-fold spiralling vortex. And, um, you know, there's so many circles within that. Uh, it's an incredibly complex formation. And it was estimated that to do that, just within those few hours of darkness and not be seen in an area where people are there studying sort of nearly every night, you'd have to do every one of those circles in just 30 seconds. I mean, it, you know, you often find that people who do the, the just the surveying of the formations can take hours or even a day just to survey it. So, you know, you would not be able to create a formation like that in an hour and a half or two hours, you know, during the middle of the night. I mean, I'm just looking at it now on the website, yeah. and we've called it picture number six. Uh, right. But uh, it's just incredibly vast, isn't it? I mean, how... Yeah. What's that, a couple of football pitches, or...? Uh, well, yeah, eight and a half... Uh, sorry, 800 feet across. Yeah, that's right, that's about two, two, um, two and a half football pitches across, exactly. And, and are these kind of vast, you know, sort, sort of complex imagery, are they still on, on the increase now? Are they still... Are crop circles still as popular? Yeah, I mean, every year, you know, it varies. And this is what's incredible about it. If you, if for those who are interested, you know, even if you don't study anything else, and I think, basically, it leads you to study other things, but even if you only study this... Every year, um, you know, there are there are often sort of um, patterns. I say patterns, but um, themes uh, per each year, whatever that may be. Like um, 2009, the theme was uh, was life forms. Many many different formations, from jellyfish to um, birds. Even the bird that looked like the um, the hummingbird in the Nazca Plain. Um, you know, the the lions in Peru, things like that. Um, so, you know, whether it's spiritual stuff, whether it's geometry, mathematics, all sorts of different things, or Mayan prophecies, things like that. So it varies, but generally, you know, in Britain you could have sort of 50, 70, or even 100 formations. Um, again, some will be hoaxed, of course, but usually you know, the, the more incredible ones sort of you know, usually later in the year uh, towards harvest time, you know, as, as the season develops, basically. I mean... Uh... I was going to ask you, is there a sort of religious aspect to all this? And I've just seen, obviously, the two pictures we've got of, of the, the crosses. I mean, yeah. I, I, one sort of, you know, an overhead view and one sort of, sort of a long shot just to yeah. show the sort of sheer size of the yes, uh, that's right. the formation. I mean, t tell us about that. Well, that uh, that appeared on the 15th of August 2008 uh, near Hampton in Devizes. Again, both those pictures taken by Steve Alexander. Um, the overhead one, as you can see when you look directly down at it, it's so precise. I mean, to the millimetre, it looks, and it's a huge formation again, it's 600 feet by 800 feet in length, which again is about two and a half football pitches in length. It's not running in line with the tram lines where the, the, the uh, tractors spray the crops. It's precise to the millimetre, and it actually looks as though it's like a laser cut in a woodblock. It's so precise. It's a beautiful sort of Celtic crucifix style. Um, and as you can say, the, the one that you see in, within the landscape, it gives you an idea of how, how, how huge they are. Um, you know, the people within them are like little tiny dots. I went in that just after that had been created. Incredible. And, um, you know, the crop was really fluffy. It was standing about a foot off the ground. 
um, and it felt sort of blasphemous in a way as you walked into it, as because you're sort of treading on it, like like when you walk on um, you know new snow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet, when you look at the image, you see how precise it is. The outline is so you know perfect. And what does it make you feel when you're walking in these? Does it ever go through your head that you know could this be a hoax? Or are you quite settled in your thoughts that this is definitely genuine? Well. These two, I think, undeniably are definitely genuine. They're just too complex and too precise. I mean, you know, what people don't realise when you look at images is when you walk in a field, uh, when, you, when, you check, when you study these, many of these formations, like that big six-fold spiral we spoke about a minute ago, you know, is on undulating land. Um, there's often it, it, you can, it, a new formation you'll go in, it's completely clean, and yet as you walk in, um, if it's wet, you can be dragging in, you know, clay off your boots and all sorts of bits of detritus. Um, there can be no damage to the crop, and then as soon as you walk in them, you sort of break it and snap it, uh, things like that. So, yeah, sometimes you feel bad about it. Um, you know, some clearly are hoaxed, but, you know, one has to sort the wheat from the chaff, for want of a better word, uh, and, you know, and try and work out the more, much more elaborate ones, the ones that are basically giving a message. So when the farmers have these amazing uh, symbolic, uh, uh, you know, detailed graphics mm. appear on yeah. their land. Yeah. Um, is it, is it, are there just flashes in the field and then, then they appear? Or is there noises in, in the night they can't explain? Is I think, that, I mean, there was certainly footage taken back in uh, 1996 with those balls of light flying around a field where um, a formation collapsed into a sort of snowflake formation near Devizes. This was... Um, and... Um, uh, you literally saw the formation sort of collapsing into the crop. Um, I saw that only not long after it, the formation had been created, and I believe that was genuine footage. Yeah. Um, I think they have to be created like that in the sense that it collapses and flows to make the image because when you actually study them, you'll find that the crop itself is often flowing like water, and you'll have two areas that come together, and, they, and it looks like it's sort of splashing, or it creates... Um, like plaiting, like um, you know, plaited hair. Other places, well, particularly um, again, 2009 was a really um, was an incredible year for complex weave of the crop. So it's not just flattened. I mean, it's flowing like liquid, but in many cases, it's actually patterned or even woven, like um, literally, like the the weaving of cloth. I mean, you know, you just this just takes would take you days, or you wouldn't even be able to do that um, because of the complexity of just of the ground lay of the crop, let alone the image. No, it's, Alan, it's just incredible. And uh, just for uh, our audience, uh, if you want to know where these pictures are, they're on the moreshow.co.uk uh, website. Just go to past guest Alan Foster and you'll see the pictures there uh, cited to who they belong to as well. And that was pictures eight and nine we were discussing there with the, with the, uh, uh, the crosses uh, and, and the sort of uh, aerial view as well of, of that picture. But um, picture number five with the sort of uh, grey yeah. head there, you know, the, the, the grey alien's head next yeah. to this sort of disc-shaped um, yeah. uh, inf information disc. I yeah. guess that's what you could class it as. Yeah. So just talk us through that one to begin well, with. Well, that appeared. That was the third one in a line of formations that appeared in from 2000, 2001, and then this was in 2000, August of 2002, where they led up to that sort of three-dimensional photographic image, and it was clearly pointing to the SETI communication. The, the year before, they were appearing right next to a radio telescope, um, and... Um, uh, linking in exactly to a SETI communication, a binary code message that was sent from the Arecibo uh, radio telescope in November 1974 by the SETI program. Um, and, and yet it appeared in the field, In um, this one was in, in 2001, 
very similar to that, just made up of crop, and yet there were anomalies within it, and of course the anomalies are the classic communication, basically, which was again showing that there is life throughout even our solar system, there's differences in DNA for various different things. And then this one appeared um, at a place called Crabwood, um, and um, this is about eight miles down the road from the other one at the radio telescope. This was under a bank of microwave towers, and of course SETI looks into the microwave spectrum as well. It's about 350 feet in length and basically looking at a three-dimensional photographic image of a grey extraterrestrial. Now, what's amazing is this appeared around about the 25th anniversary of the Voyager probe, the one that went out that had that golden disc on board uh, with people speaking, music playing, etc. Yes. Um, and as you can see, it looks like um, the being is holding up a disc. Now, you know, some people think this is um, just circles, but actually it's a spiral, a flowing spiral of crop that flows from the centre in an anti-clockwise direction and then comes out at the bottom. Just You can see where it just finishes at the bottom. Now, I, I walked there, and again, this is on a sloping field. You know, you'd have a job to create that even in a computer. And it took me 15 or 20 minutes to walk there. So if you straighten that out, that's the equivalent to a mile or, you know, one and a half kilometres in length, basically, and then all of the um, dark areas are standing crop, and all of the light areas are laid crop. They all point into the centre. So some people felt that this was like a, a CD, basically, a CD disc. And um, using the ASCII code in the computer, they, they translated that. Um, do you want me to say what it says? Please do, yes. Okay. Supposedly, that disc actually says, um, it says, Beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. Believe there is good out there. We oppose deception, conduit closing. Now, they are very powerful words. And, you know, there are, as I say, many people who feel that we are, um, at, as we discussed earlier on, a major sort of transition point uh, that will involve ET or does involve ET interactions as well um, and earth changes and things like that. But also it does involve deceivers. And in some cases, obviously human. In other cases, spirit. And in other cases, extraterrestrial as well, I believe. So, you know, it's a, it is a complex scenario we we're dealing with. Absolutely. And um, again, who decoded that message? Um, Paul Vigay was one, and there's another guy as well. These were serious crop formation researchers using technology. Um, I'm not too teched up myself, but I think it was based on the, you know, the um, uh, zeros and ones. Um, using the ASCII code, and from that they were to extrapolate this message. Once they'd input the zeros and ones to create um, the words, it came up with though that particular wording. Um, you know, which is pretty incredible when you actually think that how how it relates to uh, what's actually going on at this time. I mean, as I look at that grey alien on, yeah. on this um, on this field, that's been that's. that's you know, obviously left after a crop circle formation. Uh, why would they come all this way just to put pictures in the ground? I mean, is that the most basic way for them to communicate, or could they do better? Well, um, it depends, again, on, on who um, and what extraterrestrial race you're thinking about and the um, intentions of them. And, for, of course, it's never for us to, um, to, from our consciousness and our understanding of reality, which is pretty limited on planet Earth, to um, think that we can understand, what, let's say, what an ET race is. No different than, say, a Neanderthal race on another world where we as humans came there with spacefaring technology, how we would re uh, interact with those beings. But it's fairly clear from 
Well, certainly 1964, the assessment document um, that from SHAPE headquarters, Supreme Headquarters Allied Powers Europe, this was the assessment of the UFO and ET reality. And back then, even in 64, they knew that there were at least 12 different ET races interacting with the human race. Um, this is Command Sergeant Major Bob Dean. He's another well-known person within ufology who's spoken out about, about this, who saw this document. Um, now, within that, of course, they, they knew about um, greys, reptilians, humans, uh, various others. And uh, they were more concerned, funnily enough, about the humans because they realised they could walk in the corridors of power, whether the Vatican, uh, sorry, the Vatican, well, the Vatican, um, the White House, um, and places like that, and you wouldn't know that they were, they were ETs. So we but, could have ETs walking among us now? Yeah, well, clearly, this is part of where the, your question earlier, why do governments cover this up? Because this gets very, very deep. The more you look into it, you know, um, if you wanted to be kind to them, you know, you, they say they don't want us to panic. But, I mean, it is complex. There are negative ETs, um, but there are also, you know, benevolent ETs. And I think they categorize them basically into very three very brief categories. Negatives, those that are here to take from us, uh, either genetic material or even manipulate us from behind the scenes. Observers, those that are watching as we're going through these incredible changes. And thirdly, those that are more benevolent and um, and um, spiritual, probably, who want us to evolve to a, to a higher level spiritually and cosmically, um, which is, again, then probably comes back to crop formations, etc. But it is a complex subject. And if people think, you know, it's just simple, oh, there are just ETs and, you know, a few metal flying ships, it's much more complex than that with different agendas. Um, also, to answer your question, you know, it's fairly clear that perhaps even President Eisenhower had meetings with ETs back in '54. Um, they have made contact to governments, um, you know, e.g. the landing on a White House lawn business. And if the governments had um, worked with them, then we may be in a different world. But they've chosen not to, certainly not to work with what I would call benevolent beings anyway. So are these messages for us? Or, 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 and if not, who are they for? Well, they are indeed for us. They are for the human race. And that is, that's why I think the, the crop formation is so, uh, so clever, the genuine ones. Because what it is, it gives people around the world an opportunity to look at these realities and have this information given to them. Because if it was literally coming through radio telescopes um, using radio waves, um, that is run, of course, by the SETI program. Well, the SETI program is run by NASA, and of course NASA is run by the military. So if we were getting that classic contact situation, as in the movie with Jodie Foster, then like they showed in that movie, you know, the general populace wouldn't get to know about it. This way, it's really clever. It allows the people of the world to look, if they wish to, and to have an understanding of what's going on with this, because it's there, and at the end of the season, it's cleared like a Native American sand painting, you know, um, and then wait possibly for the next year. But you have a chance to look yourself. This cannot be hidden away, because it's there within the fields of the world. I mean, no, I mean, these pictures talk for themselves, exactly. which, is, which is what they're supposed to do. It's just incredible Absolutely. what I'm looking Absolutely. at. And I'm going to be one of many looking at this and thinking, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, it, and it's a big thing for people to get their heads around. I it mean, is. I mean, you know, it's painful to think outside the box. It's fearful. It's, it's you know, you, you're called mad. But when I, you're I presented agree. with evidence like this, it's yeah. very difficult to say, well, hang on a minute. Um, what's this? What, what does this mean to me? Um, yeah, because even I mean, in the early 90s, people were strongly feeling that a lot of the formations were like opening sort of, um, you know, our, our third eye, our, our sort of an internal consciousness just by the images alone but of course as the years went by from mid 90s onwards they started to become more and more definitive in in the message they were trying to portray you know through to like the gray alien and beyond 
Um, so it's it, for beings that in a way don't want to land because then it, you then have the the complication of you know um you know what do you do do you take then control uh, you know this is i think advanced beings don't want the karma of that situation but they would like us to wake up so this is a subtle way that allows the individual to make the effort to look if that person chooses to do so. Well, that's got to be a quick question just to explore. I mean, I know we're sort of, you know, all over the place with just just the ET subject because, I mean, I'm just trying to focus it to the, to the crops. But you, yeah. can't, you can't be away from wanting to ask the question, why haven't they made contact? Well, yeah. they have, with, yeah. with obviously, with, in your opinion, with these photographs. But, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they just come out and say, hey, we're here, guys? Well, as, as I said, I mean, there is more than enough evidence to show that there was a meeting in 1954 with Eisenhower at Edwards Air Force Base in California where you know if this is true he was told um, that we want you to stop your nuclear program and um, if you do so we'll give you technology and um, get, help the people of the world to realize that you like a first contact situation um, that UFOs and ETs exist and you know we'll help you but of course the those that run this world whether it's oil run by people who want oil or military or whatever um, don't want that so you know, there have been these times that have happened, these meetings. There are, you know, more than enough people out there who say that there are bases with, you know, military and ETs interacting. You know, this is this is heavy stuff and, 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 and quite scary, some of it, to be honest with you. Um, so I think in a way it has to be done in a subtle way like this um, because in a way it's like the law of non-intervention. You know, right. they can help you to wake up, but they're not going to come down and take over our affairs because this is just too... Well, in, in truth, it's a very warlike planet as well, isn't it? I think I, I interview a lot of people about 2012, and they say the same thing to me. Don't be addicted to the year. It, no. it may already be happening. Yeah. It may have, you know, it may have been, you know, six years off. But it's, yeah. you know, it's the year is not important. It's the, the, the sense that something is going to change. Something, you know, things are changing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, you look at the prophecies and things from other people, say like Nostradamus, whatever. It's like they look down a timeline and they see a massive uh, point on that timeline that, you know, that relates to a, a huge shift, a huge change. And I think also the calendars, you know, the the, uh, the Mayan and the Hopi were doing the same. So, you know, what actually happens is hard to say um, around that time. But I think we are definitely in the lead-up time. And the, the whole point is, you know, you have a choice. And if you want to look and study and understand and research and experience um, these things and realize that there's much more going on than normality that we're taught, um, then, you know, you have a chance to do so. Um, and if you, do, if you choose not to, then, that, again, that comes down to the individual. But I think something's coming. I think something very big is about to happen, and this is sort of helping us to prepare for that. Hold on and uh, ride this wave, as they yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> OK, so if our governments have been in communication and, obviously, you know, the these other races, because you said there was many races, are communicating to us through the crop circles. Are there other sort of clusters of people or organisations that have used the crop circles to sort of, you know, uh, communicate with them? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, as I say, crop formation is just one area. There are many people who obviously, whether they channel information, whether that's genuine or not, depends on the, I think, the ability of the channeler. Um... Uh, there are obviously interactions of contactees. You've got the abductees that are also be given information, but contactees, people who have a contact with extraterrestrials in a physical sense that's not with what I believe, uh, to me, the abduction is a negative side of this, um, who are given information about um, you know what's going on. Um, it's a very complex thing. 
But when you put the whole picture together about everything that's been going on over the last several decades, you know, it is a big issue, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you, you keep saying this, that there's ne- uh, sort of negativity towards some of these crop circles. Just explain what you mean by that. Um, well, I meant a negative as in the, the extraterrestrial side. You know, to me, uh, the abduction side, I believe, is what I would class as a negative. It's not positive. It's wrong to take somebody against their will and do medical procedures on them. So, you know, uh, to me, that is not um, something that you would look at as spiritual. Uh, it may be that you understand more about the fact that UFOs and ETs exist, and I think that, that should, everybody should know that, but th- that's what I'm talking about as far as the negative side uh, regarding ETs. Uh, but as I said, it's multifaceted and very, very complex. Yeah, okay. And um, I just want to come back to the pictures that you sent in as well, because I, I just need to sort of uh, get you to describe some of the pictures on the website, because they are fascinating. Um, one of them, it, well, I think there's there's two pictures, pictures three and four, of the, uh, I think it's the Mayan calendar. Right. Just describe how these came about and, and what sort of interpretations people have made of them. Um, yeah, the if, if they're the ones, the, the, the one that shows like a cross, in the middle with the sort of half moon pattern in the front yep. whatever number that is on your picture number four okay and then there's the one after it that's got look like feathers all the way around yeah number it. three okay all right so they're sort of in a way the other way around the one with the cross was the first one that appeared on the um, the 9th of august and the other one appeared on the 13th of august this was in 2005 they appeared near wayland smithy which is a, an ancient burial uh, site east of swindon in wiltshire um when Jaime Maussan, who's one of the world's leading researchers uh, from Mexico, who studied, um, well, all phenomena, but particularly after the, um, uh, the UFOs were seen during the total solar eclipse over Mexico, that sort of that fulfilled a 1,200-year-old prophecy, a Mayan prophecy. So that started off. There's been loads of activity over there uh, in Mexico since then. So he's been involved in crop formations, but particularly those, of course, that relate to Mayan information. So um, he had experts in Mayan look at these. When he found out what was within them, he actually flew straight over from Mexico to come and look at these uh, to the UK. And uh, the first one, the one with the sort of cross in the middle, um, that actually, um, well, it's to do with the alignment of the Earth with the Sun, with the Pleiades star system and the galactic center, which happens, interestingly enough, um, round about the 21st of December 2012. Uh, the formation itself relates to the annual eclipse that happens on the 20th of May 2012 and the transit of Venus over the Sun on the 6th of June 2012, which are big events, basically, uh, but also a possible bridge between the different religions as well, where you have the cross, uh, you have uh, Christianity, you have Islam, and you have the native peoples. So once again, like a bridge-making process for all people. The other one with uh, what looks like feathers around it, yeah, um, that one, that actually relates to the return of Quetzalcoatl, which, of course, is prophesied to happen as well, um, the return of the Messiah, and within it are the words Christ, Messiah, Catastrophe, Eclipse, Life, and God, uh, which, of course, are very powerful words, um, particularly in relation to what we're talking about. So th- quite a, a sort of religious aspect there, too, yeah. you, you would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, why do you think they mention Christ there? In your, what's that, in your opinion, uh, um, referring to uh, Christ for? Because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, for many, many years, I've been, for decades, I've been studying the Turin Shroud as well, another cloth called the Sterium. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we haven't got time for that, but it, basically it, it, it is undeniable now that the shroud is real and the image was created through a flash of light that um, changed the uh, molecular structure of the top, topmost fibrils that created a, like a photographic negative that when you look at the photograph in positive, it's actually a positive image. Point being is that it, you know, I could speak for hours on that, but that the shroud shows that Christ existed and that um, the resurrection was real, that he, he changed into light, basically. Many people feel that the time that we're in is a time when we become, when there is a sort of Christ consciousness, uh, but that we become, you know, cosmically aware. But the planet herself may be going through a similar change, like an ascension process, in other words, turning into light. Um, and this is why this is leading to a spiritual transformation, which is sort of why many of the prophecies are seeing as such a big event. Um, so I think, in a way, the shroud shows that this is real. And the references to Christ in relation to crop formations is that I believe Christ was God incarnate who came to earth uh, to speak the words of truth. And um, many other masters have come as well. This is not, you know, religion, you know, forcing a religion, because I believe, you know, Buddha and uh, Muhammad, many other masters have come to earth to speak the words of truth. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and you know, on that cross, on picture number nine and eight, yeah. um, you know, that those there's sim there's symbolism within those crosses or yeah. on those yeah. crop circle crosses that represent other religions. It's sort of embracing yeah. all the religions yeah. within that cross, yeah. isn't it? it was, well, all they've all appeared as well. I mean, you know, from. Um, uh, from Judaism to the Kabbalah, images from the Kabbalah, like the Tree of Life, which is very powerful within Kabbalah, you know, to um, the, the various different religions. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not just one. And it, and, it, and it shouldn't be, because, you know, this is about soul, I think. And, you know, the higher beings understand this is a planet full of life, and, um, you know, everybody uh, is relevant. So, you know, it's trying to show all the different images to wake people up to the fact that it, it's all connected to this much bigger issue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, this all points, it seems to point to the, or, or be connected with the UFO subject. Mm. And, and in regards to UFO, uh, have you ever sort of been able to take a picture of a, a UFO yourself? Because mm. we've sent us one through here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at my website, alanfostersky.com, on that, um, there is the background image, is a picture that I took, um, it, which was in um, September of 2008. Funnily enough, it was in Madeira, uh, which is a beautiful island off Portugal. But um, we, had, we were at a site that looked very similar to the topography of the land um, where um, the photographs and film was taken of that beautiful yellowy-orange plasma craft that Carlos Diaz was taking. This was, again, way beyond metallic technology. It was believed that this was like living, uh, organic, sentient thinking technology, incredible, um, called the jellyfish craft for obvious reasons. And again, this is where this goes, you know, beyond just metal to, to like living life forms that are within the sky. Living um, life forms in the sky, intelligent, robotically controlled, or intelligent well, in the sense that it's... Sorry. Well, I think, I mean, think, you know, both perhaps. I mean, I think you've got technology. I mean, even the military have technology that they're linking in through their headsets into, you know, now even with, um, you know, military jets and things like that. But it's clear that some of the ETs, even basic technology, they link in with the craft itself and the craft, so they, whether it's a telepathic link or actually a technological link. Uh, but I think you go beyond even that, where the craft itself is like a living life form. 
um, that you, you that you use. And of course, when it's that level, it would only allow you to use it anyway because it links in with you as a being, either on a soul level or a physical level. It's so so advanced. In- incredible, yeah. I mean, that's a show in its own right. So, um, uh, how long, uh, Alan, are we going to continue to investigate crop circles? Um, well, of course, if 2012 is a massive transition, and I think something big is coming, then you know, we're to, it's not much longer. Um, but I hope certainly that this year and next year they'll still carry on and, um, you know, to allow us to keep looking at them because they are amazing. Yeah, many of them, they're fairly simple. Um, you dismiss, obviously, the hoaxing side of it. But every year there are some that are really, really clever, giving incredible messages. And so for as long at the moment as we carry on as we are, then I think, and I hope, they'll carry on. Because they give a, the point is they give a lot of faith to people. You know, and when you think, you know, it's, it, as you said earlier on, it, it is hard uh, within normal society when you're looking at these other realities because it's always been debunked. Or well, the, pro- the problem is when you've got your nine-to-five jobs and exactly. you know, you've, you've got to, 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 look, to you know, consider these subjects, it is quite difficult, but I think it they're is. very important at that, this they special are. time. They are. And that's why I wanted you to come on to sort of a, yeah. you know, to, to explain that to the well, audience. Well, thanks, yeah, because I think that that's the whole point. It comes down to, you know, you still need to make the effort. I mean, you know, you, many people live with only sort of an hour and a half away or two hours drive, say, in southern Britain to when these are appearing, but they'll never go, you know, because it's, it's too much effort. But one, you know, once at least, go and have a look at these, walk in the field, see some of these formations and talk to other people that are there because, you know, many people have incredible experiences as well. And your website, Alan? Yeah, um, it's um, alanfostersky.com. What would you like to say to the audience before we, we have to uh, uh, end the show here? Basically, as I say, I think we're at a massive time of change and that it is it's so important. This is not something to be dismissed or thrown away. Um, it is important and it comes down to the individual. Every person will have to deal with what's happening and what's about to happen uh, in one way or another, however it affects them. Um, so therefore, the more you understand about these other realities, whatever they are, whether it's crop formation, spirituality, UFO, ET, even reincarnation, karma, all these things, uh, the more you understand about that, the better you'll be to go through this change in one way or another, physically or spiritually. And um, to me, that's what this is all about. And I think it's important people make that effort. Well, Alan Foster, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Kevin. It was good speaking to you. To find out more information on Alan Foster, just go to alanfostersky.com or visit my website, themoreshow.co.uk and look up Alan Foster under past guests. Now, remember, you can join us on the Facebook group by just typing in themoreshow.co.uk on Facebook and you can follow us with all the latest updates, uh, new shows coming out and also uh, any postings of uh, you know relevant information to do with today's show. And uh, don't forget there's a TV show that's coming out, uh, the More Show Primetime, which starts on the 10th of June on Sky 201 and FreeSat 403. So it's a weekly chat show, much like this radio show, so don't miss it. Well, until next time, be safe. <laughs>